And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. Hey, thank you so much for working with me yesterday on time stuff. Yeah, thank you. It's very early for you, I think. Yeah, it's uh, 5.30 right now. It, you know, what country are you coming in from right now? Uh, I live in Belgium. It's nice. a very small country in Europe, next to uh, Holland, uh, the Netherlands, and uh, Germany, France. We are surrounded by those three countries. Yeah. I love it. I love the past couple weeks. I've um, talked to some different toy artists, and it's just so good to see that the scene is growing over there in Europe. And it's cool to just see on this side. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about that today. But I, I'm stoked because you're. I love the like the Motu style work that gets done by you, and how detailed and and good the castings and everything are so i'm amped that you're on before we go any further do you want to introduce yourself to everyone my name is jeffrey van hoven uh, as i said i live in belgium the dutch speaking part of the very small country we have three languages here uh, i'm 30 years uh, 38 years old um i've been collecting toys since i was a very young child um customizing i started around my 12th or 13th year i think but doing this with casting and then getting it is a little bit professional is happening now for the i think i started in 2019 to start learning how to cast how to make my own molds how to yeah, make this better than what i was doing with at first, I only used parts uh, from existing figures, making new things with it. But my own parts and my own um, figures is since 2019, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Going back when you you said you started collecting, 12 or 13 is really young to start collecting. What made you like? What was that toy line that you were starting to collect? Um, well, I was, I think, since I was born in uh, 84, I'm one of those 80s children that has, was young enough to play with Masters of the Universe, Thundercats, uh, yeah. G.I. Joe, stuff like that, but wasn't old, too old to also get into the Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Biker Mice, all that stuff. So I was a very, uh, I was, as a child, I was 
very protective about my toys. I wasn't very aggressive with them. So yeah. I had a lot of that stuff when I got into 12, 13 years, I started um, watching a lot of uh, cartoons, superheroes, Marvel, DC, started collecting those and starting to getting interested in comics. I, I tackled back to what I still had from when I was a child. And the first figure I ever made was um, a spider action figure as I read the, the, the Clone Wars uh, story about Spider-Man getting cloned. His, his clone, uh, Scarlet Spider, was such a great character for me, but I couldn't find any toys of him. Yeah. The only toys I could find was a, an ordinary animated Spider-Man from Toy Biz, and I took some... Um, nail polish my mother and some blue tape and started making my own um, <laughs> my own very my very own figure yeah I even i still have it i found it like two years ago i found it back in one of one of the boxes i even made and i forgot about that i even made a package for it and everything oh my god that was my introduction to customizing yeah and i have it i was i was thrilled to i i thought i threw it out years ago but somehow it it uh, it was uh, it was still intact, and it moved when I moved from my parents' house to my own house. Somehow it got into one of those boxes, and I found it back. So I was I was thrilled to still have it. Yes. That is so incredible that something like is it still in the packaging that you made? The packaging isn't very good anymore because it was made out of old cardboard and I my my own uh, characters on it the lettering and everything with by hand and I even used plastic uh, the plastic I found to make a, a front cover for it not a real blister but it was it was I made a small box and I put in a, like a window for it so the figure wouldn't fall out and the box has suffered but the figure and I still have it it is intact it was crazy fine to to see it again yeah, that is incredible. Um, and uh, I'm assuming you've taken pictures and stuff. I have to, next week when we promote your episode, that's got to be one of the photos that we post, if you can find it and get a good picture of it. Yeah, I, I think I have them on my own. I, I even posted them on my Instagram some, a while ago, but I, I can definitely send them to you, no problem. Awesome. So when you um, started with Motu, what is it about masters of the universe that made you love toys what is it about that whole cartoon and toy line that helped you fall in love with toys well as i said it was the first toys i owned as a, as a small child i like going to flea market stuff like that i was able to um complete not complete but add a lot of things to my collection that i didn't have as a child yeah, and I had then done some customizing before I started Motu, um, and I did some some Star Wars work, some the Spider Man I told you about, mostly Star Wars and GI Joe, and those figures I understood how they functioned and how they came apart, or how you could easily swap parts and or kit bash or add stuff. The Master of the Universe was something because of the the rubber band in the legs and the way the spring in the body worked it, it was a it was a very it was a complex concept for me so i didn't understand it very well but i loved it i really loved the muscular structure i remember as, as, a, as a child drawing them trying to draw them and playing with them very much 
but I, I, I couldn't understand how it worked. And when I got older and got into contact with, with some other collectors and other builders, they convinced me it wasn't that hard to make your own. And I, 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 the, the problem was something I really hate when I build figures is, is paint rub. I love articulation. I think it's very important for everybody. I really work to get as much as articulation, original articulation into my figures. But the paint rub is always an issue that I, I couldn't solve. And most of you, especially the legs, yeah. were, a very, were a pain for me. I, I couldn't get that okay. Everything it always rubbed off. You could do whatever you want, every trick in the book. It didn't work for me until someone told me, why don't you cut your parts in the, co in the color you need them to be? And it was, that was impossible for me. I had exper experimented with uh, silicone molds for casting G.I. Joe and Star Wars hats. And that was all doable. But as soon as you started with small fingers, tiny parts, I had air, I, I went crazy every time. I demolded a part and it was, it was whole. I couldn't stand it. So I stopped until I met uh, someone who, who was willing to uh, help me and, and give me some pointers in the right direction how to do this in a good way yeah who was the person that helped you out uh Frankland. he is also active on uh on instagram i don't know if you know his account he's he's uh, he's amazing yeah that's i love that i one of the cool parts about the the toy scene is that if you can't figure out how to do something online or if you can't figure out a video or something, someone is always willing to show someone else how to do something. I agree to a certain point because I have hit the walls in the past as well. If you understand you don't want to share every secret of the trade because eventually if you, if you share it all, you will get some competition, which is mm. okay. But not everyone thinks that way. So I had a lot of people who were willing to tell me a few things, but never to go into detail. And when I had a problem, I could easily message him. We could spitball a bit. And then and he had a lot of pointers in the right direction to help me out and how to get decent, no, not decent, very good costs in a very short uh, manner of time without having to invest too much money. And a pressure pot is one thing. A vacuum chamber was another. And those were two things I did not own because I, first of all, I didn't know where to get them. And second of all, I was always under the impression those things were very expensive. But when he pointed me in, in the right direction towards Amazon, I, I immediately bought them and I was I was blown away of, of the quality I could reach with just those two small devices. Yeah, that's it's pretty crazy. I don't use a vacuum chamber, but I use a pressure pot. And it's pretty crazy the jump from not using it to when you start using just one of those, your toys automatically increase in like how they look and how they function. It's in, it's incredible. Yeah, I agree. Um, as you have gotten older and you have collected Motu figures and you found more at different flea markets and all of that, 
did you have you realized or seen that some of the Motu figures that came out maybe never actually made it to Belgium when you were a kid? Oh yes, yes, and that's also part of the reason why I was. I had questions of, of from other collectors who say you're from 1980. How could you have known more? Way too young, but I wasn't because because we were in Europe. The things that were released in the U.S. reached us years later, and we had noticed that. And I think that it's, it's been covered in, in a lot of documentaries as well. That because of the stuff that got here later, the market still lived on here when the interest in, in the U.S. faded for these things. So there were certain figures, the basic figures, of course, of course, they got they got here very fast, and we all know them, and I find them at flea markets. But the cool thing about living in Europe is there are some figures that are what they call European exclusives because. The interest for most of the universe in America had faded. The mod was still pretty valuable, so they they kept on bringing out figures that never reached the U.S. So I think it's more the other way around. I don't think we over here missed out on a lot of figures you guys had, uh-huh. but we had some figures that were never released in the U.S. And that's some cool things. Yeah, that's incredible. And uh, are those ones? Is it a lot of them, or is it just like one or two that have, that were never released here? Uh, a few, like the two giants. I don't know if you if you're into Master of the Universe. There, they were made two giants, and if I'm correct, those were only released Italy. Those are two figures. Master of the Universe is like five point five inches. Those those giants are fourteen or fifteen inches tall. Oh, then we have, of course, the the very the very famous um, the laser light Skeletor and the laser light He Man. Those were two uh, figures. Yeah, the main characters that were yeah given given a, like a sci-fi bath. They certainly got a, some cool backpacks, some some techy armor, and some light up swords and eyes and stuff. Those were released in Europe. So we find them from time to time. They're still very, very rare over here, here as well. But those are holy grails for some of the guys from the U.S. Yeah. Plus, there are some variants also, um, some some color variants, another color of belt, another color color of skin tone, another color of plastic, because there was a, an, a company, there was a factory in France that produced uh, Master of the Universe back in the 80s, and those figures sometimes have different colors or different finishes from the ones released in made in hong kong or in the the u.s that's so cool i didn't uh it's weird to me that a company would release um different figures in different countries like if i was a company i'd want to release all of them to everyone but i guess it's good marketing yeah i don't yeah, I don't know if, if if it's if it's the marketing. I, I really think it was because because everything got here later due to lack of internet and and, and the world being a, a bigger place back then. That somehow, and we see that I see that in some other toy line. Well, by the time the interest in the Amer- in America faded, people moved on to other new franchises. Over here, we still had that that thing going and. The molds were there. The product was there. We're not producing it over here. So that it happened to Star Wars as well. The the 
can our company made uh, sold uh, some of their molds to Pelletoy in the UK. They made special figures that were never released over there. Same thing with um, with GI Joe for some odd reason back in the in the and some of the molds for certain figures that were mass produced in the US came over to Europe and they made Tiger Force exclusives. Those figures now, if you see the prices, we find them often. Not not it's not like we find them every week on the flea market, but those figures, they're actually just repaints. They, the, the sculpt and the accessories are all the same. They just um, produced them in different colors of plastics and painted them in the Tiger Force colors. And that's what made make them very wanted over there because they were never released. Plus, they are very cool figures. But for us, they are not that rare. They are rarer. Let's say they are uncommon, but they are not rare because... I remember them as on the pegs in the toy store, but they were never sent over to the to 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 America. And now American collectors are crazy for them. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that stuff is so fascinating, especially when a company sells off their molds. Um, it's always so fascinating to see the toys that are created by other companies. Then, yeah, I uh, agree. That's why sometimes we even I think there are. Um, we have this Action Force line, which is a UK. It's like the UK version of GI Joe. Was an was a they more they had the articulation of a Star Wars scanner vintage figure, but the looks of a GI Joe from yeah, from Hasbro. Yeah. And what was the, the 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 franchises merged and Palatoy made a deal with with Kenner or Hasbro back in the day. And suddenly they were able to use the molds that were used for G.I. Joe for Action Force figures as well. And that's how some Action figure, action Force figures here now look completely different from the original lines from the first waves. But those figures look identical to G.I. Joe figures like Destro and the Cobra Commander. And they, But they... They gave, they gave them different colors. They gave them the Action Force colors, which makes them very wanted for American collectors again. And those weapons used for um, Pelletoy uh, Action Force figures were sometimes mixed up with Star Wars weapons, which suddenly you get this this mix of, of, of uh, vintage Star Wars weapons into an Action Force line. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, the galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure! We almost crash land on DKE Toy Planet! Oh my! We're doomed! Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We're saved, DOV2! Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE Toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! People getting confused which weapon is, belongs to which figure, and it's 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 crazy. Just because two companies decide overseas to work together and to exchange molds. Yeah! Wow! 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 With um, I mean, you have so much knowledge about toys, and so it's 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 not shocking to me that you make toys now, which is awesome, and and all that. How did you get to the point? that you wanted to between when you collected all these toys and uh 2019 how did you get to the point where you knew you wanted to start creating 
more and more toys or even start creating toys? Uh, well, I always, my starting point to create a figure was always some, the, the idea that I wanted a figure because it wasn't made. I always wanted to create a figure that I wanted myself. I didn't look into, let's say, the market or what other people wanted. I decided this figure hasn't, this character hasn't been made or it hasn't been done very well, so I will do it myself. And at the point in 2019, I was um, together with a good friend of mine. We were um, producing lightsabers, Star Wars lightsabers. But I mean, when I say light lightsabers, I mean actual working like props. Okay. Aluminum machine parts. I um, I got into this. Star Wars is is a very big franchise, a very very big fr uh, fan base. But a little, very little niche of that are guys that collect and only collect these lightsabers. And we, we try to replicate the exact models from the movies. That's one thing. And we also um, like to make our own designs. So we started making uh, our own. Um, our own lightsabers with lights and sound, motion sensors, and uh, the light and the and the sound um, reacted to movement and impact of the of the blade. And with that thing, we started going to conventions and we started selling them at conventions. And in the meantime, of course, being at those conventions, I also loved going around and shopping for toys and hunting for stuff I didn't have yet. Yeah, it was something that never stopped. But when the, we were doing this for like four or five years, I think, the lightsaber thing. And all of a sudden, um, the market, like the market crashed on that on that that endeavor because China got involved, and all of a sudden, our product or the, what we what we were offering to the to the the client was suddenly made cheaper for like we if we ask five hundred euro for a lightsaber. The same product could be made in China for like a hundred euros. And oh. those things started showing up in the same conventions as what we were selling. So of course we had this, we tried to convince our clients in that we have this um if something was wrong with the item, they could always easily return it and we could fix it. That was not the case with the China product, but people don't care about that. If the if the price difference is like 400 euros, it doesn't matter. They will just buy another one if it breaks. And that's what's what, that was a starting point of me and my friend deciding that it was no longer a viable thing to do and to start and to keep building these lightsabers. So when I when we stopped doing that, I started focusing more on on the on the action figure thing. Yeah, that's also the period when I got into contact with Frankenlander, and everything went a little bit organic from there. I the I, I learned a lot in a very short time. I was able to. I was able to help him with his project. He was able to help me with my projects. And before we knew it, we were doing very small runs and a little bit bigger runs and then one of a kind figures. And before I knew it, I was I was only doing like doing uh, figures and I had no time to work on lightsabers. So that's that's how that went. Yeah, I mean that's such a you were doing like prop design, which is always incredible because like. The detail is so good on props that get made by people. Um, my did did making those props and making those lightsabers did they help 
shape or give you knowledge on how to start making toys or are those two separate areas no it helped because uh, in order to make lightsabers i had to take an evening class and to learn how to machine metal so i got a lathe i got a mill i got bigger machines to to machine the metal i also learned a lot of about electronics and because I still have those devices and those those tools and the, and the knowledge to do so, it helps me in um, figuring out some of the mechanical parts about those toys. I often have an issue because I, I I want I want that arm to be articulated, but the original mold won't the original figure won't let me do that in the way I can cast it. So I decide. I have a machine and I will machine new uh, packs or new articulation points. So that helps. Plus, the electronics also help me um, because I have been looking into even adding some lights, maybe a little bit of sound to, to future pr projects. So I think it helps me also because, because of, I have the insight the, in, in order to create these lightsabers. It's very important to work on very small spaces with a lot of items because those lightsabers are very tiny and you need to cram a lot of electronics and, and batteries and wires in there in a way that, that it still functions. And the way of thinking you need to build a lightsaber is not that different to the way of thinking to get certain figures work, working together and the parts to keep them all articulated. Plus I also get a lot of machines that helped me with that, that otherwise I would have to do by hand. And I don't think I would be able to do that. Yeah. Wow. That's, I, I love hearing that. Um, when uh, I'm a big proponent of the idea that like all the things in your past can help you figure out how to do the things that are ahead of you now. And it's cool to hear that like all the machines and everything that you did with prop design now help you make the toys that are, clean clean cast clean paint it's it's great thanks um so uh your first toy when you when you realize oh i want to make i'm going to make action figures more tell me about your first toy that you created after you were done doing the lightsabers well i was i was um, in contact with an American friend I traded a lot of toys with in the past and he got me some Remco some Remco 5.5 piece so not the Master of the Universe but the Remco style uh -huh. because I somehow I like the body sculpt a little better and I was tinkering with those and all of a sudden I I don't know why but that's how also how, how I got into contact with Franklin Leather I got the, the idea to make a, a character from um, a Flemish, a Belgian animated movie from the 80s. Actually, the first animated movie ever made in Belgium. It was about uh, an historical figure from the Middle Ages. And uh, the bad guy in that series is called Clude. Clude is uh, a character from uh, folklore, is some kind of creature, a monster that lives around a river here in Belgium. And in that in an animated series, um, they gave him like a, a human, a very hulking human-like uh, look in, 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 in that movie. And I remember, remember it as a kid, I loved the movie, so I decided I never saw a figure of this. 
I don't think there is a lot of merchandise about it. So I decided I will make my very own clutter. And when I did so, a lot of people were very enthusiastic about it. Belgian people who knew the character, but also a lot of people in the US who just really liked the look and, and, and the feel of the, of, the, of the character. Yeah. And a lot of people asked me, can you make me one? And that's how this all started. I, I had no idea back then how to do so. And Frank Lander, also being a Belgian uh, customizer, Belgian figure maker, he knew the character as well. He reacted to my post on Instagram. We started talking and he suggested, can you make another one, but make sure it comes apart so I can make the casts and the parts for it. And that's what happened. So I made another clutter and I made sure the arms were removable. The torso was still in two parts. So we had all the parts needed. I shipped them to, I shipped my, my, my finished, finished figure to him and he made the molds. And that's how it all started. I think we made like eight or 10 figures. And, I, and we had a friend of his do some artwork for the cart. My girlfriend did the design for the cart. And before we knew it, we had a carded figure and we were selling them. That's the first figure I did. And that's still one of my favorites, Brown. To be honest. Yeah, well, so there's a couple parts of that story that uh, I absolutely love. Um, one, usually when people start making toys, they start with like just a little bit. They'll do a little bit here and there or they'll make one figure. But instead, you worked with another artist and like did a small run of those figures and loved that first figure, which is amazing. And I think what the second thing that I absolutely love about this is um, it was like a trifecta between you um, and then the other artist and then your girlfriend designing. And so you have three people working on this packaging and this figure and painting and everything. And it came out as a rad toy. And uh, the, I had some experience. I said, as I said before, I had repainted some GI Joes. I had done some Star Wars figures, but this one was really the first figure I did from. Let's say I, I used the Remco body as the base, but the rest was scratch. And the fact that I that Lander liked it so much and decided to he wanted to invest his time and his his product and his and his knowledge into it was was mind-blowing to me. I had no idea why he must have really liked the figure to do so. And that was great. So I, I jumped on it immediately. I threw everything I was working on at that moment aside and I started working on this new clutter to get it to him as fast as possible because I really liked the idea. I loved him introducing it and it was his idea to introduce the artist. I knew my girlfriend was pretty good at Photoshopping and getting the card done. And I had done some research, research regarding making my very own vacuum-formed blisters. So it, it all fell. It was like a puzzle that came together very organically. And I was really, really happy with the result. And still, at this time, I get questions from, do you have another clutter? And I do. It's my very own. And it will never leave my house. I know this for certain. <laughs> it's one of the greatest figures I think we, we ever did. Yeah. I... Um... You also like as I I when I before I interview people I go through their feed and I look at different things, and I've seen it a couple times. Do you make sure that you make your own as well as the run? So do you have one of all these toys that you've made? Yeah, if it's a run, 
And I now I have, I have a new rule for myself because I've, I've had some trouble in the past. Um, every run I do, I, I want to keep one and I will keep the first as well. So the first figure I make is mine. That's the new rule because in the past I've done some runs and because at the end of a run, and I think you know this, if you made the 10th or the 12th or the 15th exactly the same figure and you still need to make your own, it, it, I'll have a, I'll say this, I have a lot of my own figures that are still in pieces in a, in a, in a drawer somewhere yeah. because I have not found the time yet to complete them. And that's something I do not want to do now because I'm working on this one run now at the moment, the Jaguar Warrior. This figure, the first one I made is all packaged up, is done. I use it for the to open my pre-orders and everything like that and do the promotion. But that figure is on my my cabinet and it stays there. That's the new rule because I have too many of my own figures in pieces, not finished yet, and I don't like it. But yes, I, I really like want to keep for every for every figure I do a runoff, I, I want my own very my very own copy. That's very one-offs that's impossible. I do a lot of one-off creations as well. And I sell those. And if I really, really like it, I keep it. But most of them I sell. But if it's a run, I always keep my own copy now, yes. I uh I've noticed that if I don't um like when I'm doing a run, if I don't like paint mine the same time I'm doing the run, I never paint mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which and that's very frustrating. Yeah. yeah. And there's times that I have forgotten or I've gotten lazy. I don't I, I think I own only a couple of my own because I just haven't uh gotten around to it. Cause I definitely understand that you only have so much time. Um when you so you said that you like the Remco sculpt a little more than the Motu one. What is the the difference in sculpt for you that makes the Remco one better for uh, the toys that you like to produce? Because are are all your toys modeled after the Remco style body? No, I um, I have the last ones I've done are a lot of Remco styled because it's a bit more. The torso is, it's mostly because of the torso. The torso is less muscular than the Master of the Universe torso. It's 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 hulking. It's a bit bigger, but it's not as muscular. But the, the torso I like the most is the one from the from the Olmec series, from the Sunman action figures. Um, I was very fortunate to get to get a mold, to get someone who wanted to, to loan a figure to me to, so I could mold uh, those parts. But mostly, I, I, I like to do a combination. I, com I combine uh, the legs from the Master of the Universe with the torso from an Olmec figure. And the arms are mostly Motu too, because those are a little bit more muscular again. It's, I, I love how most of those parts work together, even though the articulation is never not always the same. And that's why, what I like to figure out as well. Some people don't understand how I did, how I mixed one part with the other. And that's a bit of the trade, but that's something I really like to figure out myself. How can I make sure this uh, leg works with that waist and that waist works with that torso? And that's something I really like to do. And without compromising on articulation, because it's very easy to, to glue two, two parts together and call it a day. 
and that's something I I I, I prefer not to do. I, I really like um, that my toys are still have the same playability as the vintage ones had. So, and sometimes it's frustrating because if you give your figure extra leg articulation, he tips over easy more easily. I know, but I think it's important that if you make a kung fu figure, that he can still kick and do an air kick and not <laughs> yeah. have two static legs because he won't fall over. And I know nobody will probably play with, with a 100, 100 euro figure. But yeah, it's in my mind. I, I, I just can't get over it. I, I think it's very, I think it's easier to leave some articulation out, but I really like to keep it in. And that's sometimes going that extra mile, but it's, it's, it's satisfying for me to see that my figures actually were the way the original vintage versions did. Yeah. Do you expect that when some people buy your toys, they open them and play with them? Um, it happened. It has happened before. And, and that's okay because if you buy it, it's yours. It's, it's very simple. But I, do, I, I have seen one guy who actually played with it. And that was a little bit um, nerve-wracking for me because... I try to make them as durable as the as the original one. As, as, as you know, resin toys are always, always a little bit more fragile. Most people keep them in packaging, but that's also why I, and especially for the Motu ones, I like to, uh, if I put them on a cart, I like to use the resealable blisters. I yeah. found a company who makes resealable blisters. So I think it's important for people to be able to take them out of the box and still put it back without any damage so yeah I, I i expect people to take them out but if they don't want to that's that's okay too but i that's why i really like using the blisters that can be, be resealed again yeah that's true i think it, it helps preserve a lot of the art that's on the backer especially with all the time that goes into those backers um ex, uh describe for me your some of the toys that I've seen you make that are phenomenal, the Aztecs, you had uh, the Jaguar one. And if I remember correctly, there's one more warrior one. Yes, the Aztec one, I have now two prototypes done. The Aztec one, the Aztec ones are the Jaguar warrior and the Eagle warrior, both inspired from uh, the, the, the historical figures. Uh, I. I can't really remember why or how I got the idea, but somehow I just I think I, I saw some some old art from the from, from Aztec art and then started reading about the characters and I really liked them. So I decided as always it doesn't exist yet. I want this figure, so I'm making it. And if somebody else will wants it as well. I'll make a few more. That's what happens now. That's also why I always work with the pre-order system. I make a figure and make a full product, including the packaging. And then I see if anybody, if anybody is interested, I open a pre-order list. And depending on how many people sign up for it, that's how many I'm making. And with this Jaguar Warrior, that pre-order has closed now. I think I'm making 10. Okay. And that's more than enough because the, the paint <laughs> job is very intricate. Yeah. The costing is very uh, it's very time uh, time consuming, but um, 
I like it. And I think tennis, I also always put put a maximum on this. I think I was planning on maximum doing 20. I'm only doing 10 now because I found 10 people interested in buying one. And that's great for me. I think uh, I can do this in my own, on my own pace, in my own way. And I can make sure every figure is identical and the same quality. So that's what I'm doing now. And uh, as soon as those are done and shipped out, I will take pre-orders for the Eagle Warrior. And I am also working at the moment to create, I, I want to make it, that's, that's what I did with my Egyptian figures as well. I like making waves of three figures. My Egyptian wave had a bad guy, a good guy, uh, and a god figure. Yep. That's what I'm trying to do now with the, with the Aztecs as well. I have the, the Eagle Warrior, the... Uh, Jaguar Warrior, and I want to. I found a very, very cool um, gods, so a female character, so an existing mythological uh, goddess from from the Aztecs that I think would be very cool to do. So I'm prototyping that one. I haven't posted anything about this yet, but if the third figure will will be there, and and if only one person buys it, that's okay. Then I will just make sure I have with. I really like um, always doing three in a wave, so I still have to make that third figure, and that will most definitely be the the female goddess. Yeah, which is um, I thank you for making it like a toys on tap exclusive that it's being announced. But also, um, I love that you're doing a female character. We don't see um, that happening as much. And so it's really cool to see that, like, that's the third of the three that you're going to produce. Yes, I agree. I, I, I'm really missing some female character, female characters, and especially in the five point. I think it's it's a problem in in a lot of toy lines, but five point five really has that problem. So the Master of the Universe style figures, the Master of the Universe toy line does not have a lot of uh, female figures. I think Remco. The Rambo line just doesn't have any. And now, thank God that uh, the guys from Formo Toys are um, getting some, getting something, some new fire into the into the community, and they have at least two figures that are female. So I'm I'm really grateful for that. So I'm I'm I really want to do this myself, but the problem is to find a decent base body is. Um, yeah, it's hard to do. And now I've and I found a few years ago a guy and and I can't remember the name, um, but he made an um, a three D model of a five point five style female with different heads, different uh. arms, different legs, a lot of options you can choose from. And he he offered it to the community for free. It was is a free it was a free download back in the day. He sent me the files. And I found a local guy who could print them in, in resin for me. And that's what I'm now working with to create my own female figure. So it's a, it's a base body, like, uh, like a buck figure you can work on. And it's, it's, I think the guy, Eric, Eric Boyd, he's, yeah, he's, he's also on Instagram. Eric Boyd, he does a lot of um, Masters of the Universe minis now, 3D renders. And he prints them. And I think he has his own Etsy store. Great guy. Also talked talked with him about this project, and he, he really he really made a very workable because it's a workable figure for me because it is 
also very well articulated. And in a way, it's I had the 3D pr uh, parts printed uh, and I made my molds for it. And, and now I have a, a basic figure I can start with. And that, that's really, really interesting. I think if for other, other people and other customizers who are looking into uh, working with female characters, especially in the 5.5, you should really check out this, this account. I can, I can send you the link if you want. Yeah, to, uh, that would be awesome. Post in the show. Um, I think uh, he isn't very, very well known. Okay. Yeah, let's get that link out to people. I think um, what's crazy is on top of producing these run these waves of three. You've done the Egyptians. Now you're doing um, like the as the different warrior types, and now a goddess. Um, you also have produced one-off figures like the African warrior. And so you're in the middle of doing the waves. You're finding time to also do other ones. Or do you plan on doing um, a wave one of like African tribal warriors as well? Uh, no, those one-offs. I need to. I need those to keep me sane. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can if I if I'm doing a run and I'm going on autopilot, I lose quality. That's what I, I realized in the past. If I need to do, to build 15, 20, 30 sphere, I always need a side project to stay creative, or I will I will lose my mind. I think because I, I'm not made to <laughs> to work in a factory or to do. Uh, like uh, like the same job all over uh, over and over again. So what I do is I um, when I do a run like like the uh, like the jaguar figure now I I make sure I cast the parts for three figures that I can paint while and while the paint is drying I need side projects to work on. Yeah. And those African warriors or the or the the Remco styled uh, skullman or all those one-off figures and the dinos I've been doing. Those are things to to keep me busy while the paint is drying, and to also keep me sane and to keep me creative, and not um, going crazy about getting those ten figures out. That's also why I always try to, if I give a a, a deadline for myself and I give a deadline to the person to the people who pre-ordered one, that it's big enough so I can I can manage to get those one-off projects in between because otherwise. I will. I, I know from myself that I will lose quality. I lose quality if I only work on this one thing. At the moment, I'm working on the Jaguar Warriors. I'm working on some one-off creations, but I'm also working on a project for a guy who has contacted me to do a run of eight identical figures for him. Something I I can't talk. I can't say more about because that's his thing. It's more like a commission project. But that's also something I make eight of the uh, eight identical figures, and I do this in between my Jaguars and those one-offs, just to to keep it all a bit interesting. Yeah, that I mean, that is, it, it's so smart. I think um, a lot of toy makers would probably say the same, um, and I, I think I do the same. I get so bored with doing the same thing over and over again that um you're right i start to cut corners if i can i start to figure out how to do it a little faster and it drives me nuts and so i'm it's good that you're saying that because it, it there are things that 
like right now I'm coming up on having like five or six different projects that I got to work on. And so it's, it's good to hear that other people also have that going on so that they don't get bored with their current stuff. Yeah. I think that's really important just to keep, because this is more, this is, I, I'm convinced this is an art form. And if you want, if you want to work in a factory, <laughs> there are better paying jobs than doing what we do, I think. But if you want to keep this interesting and you keep yourself motivated and you keep your product at the quality of your product as good as, as, it's, as, you, as you possibly can, I think that's one of the most important things to do. And that's why I, it's, I think it's really important to keep, to keep yourself focused, but not, like you said, cutting corners and getting bored with stuff. That's, that's never a good motivator to get it, get it all done. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, as you look over um, all of the toys that you've made and look over the different skills that you've learned and look over all that stuff, what? where do you think that you want to head in the future with your toys? What, do you, what are some things that you want to try to accomplish? Well, I definitely want to do a second wave of the Egyptians. So I really like what I'm doing now, but I'm very interested in experimenting with other things as well. I've tried a few uh, three and three quarter inch figures. I did a few in the past with the Boba Fett. Everyone, yeah. Every Star Wars fan has to do a Boba Fett. I <laughs> yeah. I, I tried that, and that was what I really. I only. I just made. I. I I threw apart. I, I took apart a vintage Boba Fett, and I made molds of it, and I and I cast him in all the colors of the rainbow. That's all I did with it. But I really liked it because <laughs> the fact of the matter is that those those molds are a, a lot tinier than the ones I use for my Masters of the Universe. Yeah, and it's uh, it's budget it's more budget fr friendly as well. Um, so that's one I will definitely want to do that more. And there are a few characters that, and I don't think the market will be very huge for it, but I really like to do a few more, um, as I call it, Belgian heroes. Um, like I did the Clutter back in the day. I did uh, a character called the Cat, which was the very first Flemish superhero. I was inspired by, by a Flemish podcast, uh, a stand-up comedian here in Belgium who does podcasts about... Uh, other, um, let's say, um, celebrities from from our country who come and talk in uh, talk on the, on his podcast about um, the series and the movies they loved as a child. And one of those guys uh, reminded me of a series called The Cat, which I saw as as a child as well. And I did that one, and it was very popular in Belgium. I think I made ten figures, and they sold pretty pretty fast. Yeah. It was the same reason. I remember that show. It was the first Belgian superhero. He was more like a like a like an activist in, in a cat suit, but <laughs> it was fun to do. And I wanted a figure for myself. I made one. I posted the picture, and the guy who did the podcast reacted to it, wanted one, and that's why I made ten. I sold them instantly. And I think I want to do some of those projects more in the future as well. Things that um, are a bit obscure and there isn't a very big market for them but i don't i just want i want them because i want if i was that that six-year-old child again i would have wanted that figure to find that figure in store and it was never made so now 
that I'm 38 years old, I can make it myself, so I will. And that's that's the idea. I want yeah. to do more of those projects. That's the perfect way to think about it. Now that you're, uh, there's a meme that says, um, now I have adult money so I can spend it on adult things. And it's talking about like toys or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah and that's that makes me think exactly. of that. Now that I'm an adult, I can use my adult time to make toys. I love that. Um, as we yeah. come to the uh, the close of our episode together, um, my favorite part is to let the artist plug all of their stuff and and get all of the things that they're currently working on. If they want to do collabs, how people can reach out to you, any other podcast around all of those things. So can you please plug all of the ways that people can get to you? Okay. Um, I'm most active on Instagram. Kifaho Creations is the is the name of my Instagram account. Uh, I have a Facebook page as well. I'm active in the most in, in, in most of the 5.5 um, Facebook groups as well. You can find me there. I have an Etsy shop, but um, most of the items I sell, especially the one-offs, I mostly sell. Uh, through uh, Instagram and I post a picture I make it a claim sale and the first one to claim can buy the figure that's mostly how the one-offs get get sold and if I do a run I post them on my social media on Facebook and on Instagram and you can mostly have like two or three weeks to sign in on you contact me via uh, an instant message on Instagram or Facebook and then we settle it from there um I think that's that's most of it. Um, so as I said, I'm, I'm working on the Jaguar figures right now. The Eagle Warrior will be the will be the next one. And you never know when I drop um, when I drop some more um, loose one-off figures. I think maybe even today, I when I have something ready, I make some pictures, I put them on Instagram or Facebook, and the first guy to claim it gets gets to buy it. That's that's mostly how I work. So if you if you want to if you want to follow me and if you want to see or be able to purchase one of my figures, I think it's best to follow my Instagram because I'm most active there, and most of the the product I make gets sold there. And if something doesn't get sold, I put it in my Etsy shop, and someone will pick it up eventually. I think that is I love that I love that you can just post it and people want to get it immediately. Hey. Thank you so much for being on Toys on Tap. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. Next episode. The next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're going to want to listen to it. It's not right now, though. You're going to have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. The next one's going to be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.